Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come once again in humility, asking that you bring your word afresh to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good. Divine whispers. Today, I want to talk about Rema. Rema is a Greek expression or the word. When we say word, voice, you know, it could be a written word, a printed word, you know, all of that is called logos. Or it could be rema. Rema is the word that is spoken alive, voiced out. Now, when we talk about divine whispers, I wish on a particular occasion someone whispered to me something that happened when we, you know, uh, when we lived in the north. I worked in a charity, I worked with a charity, and the last day of my stay in that charity, they organized a kind of send-off meal. And we all went to this um, Calvary. And when we were there, people ordered everything. And we were all asked, you know, I made my own orders. And when we finished, and of course, we we're all reaching out to our wallet and to bring out uh, cash or cards to pay. And they said to me, no, 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 George, we're all paying for you. I said, oh, my dear, I wish someone has whispered to me, so I know to order more than what I ordered today. <laughs> if they had told me, at least I would have done what, ordered something better than I ordered on the day. Or maybe look for one of those special dishes and try it on the day. But they didn't tell me that, so, well, they took on the bill, and so I was made to eat free of charge on the day. So we talk about divine whisper, God speaking. The first reading we had, First Kings chapter 19, is about Elijah. Elijah had an experience. God called him to serve. But the whole of Israel was actually going against God and against the word of God. And Elijah was in a difficult position. And he had tried everything to ensure that people are called back to the Lord. But nothing happened. And then Elijah did say to Israel, Now we have to determine which God is the right God. If you say God has spoken to you, which of the gods are we talking about? Is it the almighty God? Or some other gods. So it happened that, what's his name? Uh, Elijah now said to Israel, we will have this opportunity to do what? To declare which God is the God of Israel. And so there was going to be this wonderful, wonderful occasion where 
Elijah and the um, priest of Baal. They were going to make, as it were, a competition. <laughs> okay, if Baal is the God, let him answer the prayer. But if it is almighty God that we have served since the days of our fathers, then let him answer. Now, that puts Elijah on the spot. He had to take a decision that was difficult. But in doing that, he was doing it to glorify God. But what if God didn't show up on the day? What would have happened? What embarrassment? What shame? But Elijah decided to stand his ground and say, here, well, God, you know, it's about you. So if you decide to not show up today, well, the embarrassment is yours and not mine. So Elijah took himself out of it, even though he was in the midst of it, because he was a prophet who was speaking. And so on that occasion, he first of all asked the bell prophet, you know the story very well, and everything happened, and the bell prophet did all day call on their God. There was no answer. And when they finished, Elijah said, okay, can you get out of the way? Let's reset this altar. Hallelujah. There's always a time to reset the altar. Because when the altar becomes desecrated, you have to take steps to say, okay, now I think this is something that we have to take out and focus on God. And he did. And then Elijah called on God. And by the way, by the time they set the altar and the sacrifice, Elijah said to them, can you dig around this altar? They dug around. They were wondering, what is he doing here? And they, they dug around it. He said, okay, no petrol, no kerosene, nothing else, water. Okay, well, he's the one giving the order. They poured water on the sacrifice. Everything until the whole place was inundated, flooded. And then Elijah comes out and says, God, this is your time. Wow. Boom. What has never happened before? God showed up. Fire came from heaven. Consumed the sacrifice. And what happened? The people began to scream, the Lord is God. The Lord is God. It was no longer Elijah. It was no longer the Baal prophet. It was not Ahab the king. It was not Jezebel. But who? The Lord is God. Any day we make worship about any individual, we are losing the plot. Any day we make worship about our interest, we are losing the plot. And today, we are talking about Rhema, the word of God. And now, after Elijah has had that experience, what happened? Jezebel, who was the queen at the time, said, hey, you've done this, wait for me. <laughs> Elijah took off. <laughs> he was like, wow, I am dead today. The tiger was on him. No one else, because he was the man standing there. So, the tiger was in Elijah. Elijah ran. And when he ran out there, God came looking for him. Elijah, where are you? I'm yours here. God, leave me alone. All the people that have abandoned you, I'm the only one serving you. Leave me alone. You have desecrated your altar. Oh. God said, what are you doing here? Wow. Can you hear God talk to you? He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah went ranting and ranting again. Okay, God said, don't worry. I've got some, you know, some assignment for you. 
go and do it. You can do anything else you want. And Elijah went back again and everything. But God hadn't finished with Elijah. Hallelujah. When the Baal prophets, when Jezebel and Ahab thought they had Elijah, it's finished. But God had not finished with Elijah. He was just about to do another great thing. Hallelujah. But, you see, God came to Elijah. The most important aspect of this is God came powerfully. There was an earthquake. There were all kinds of things. Rumblings. But what were we told? God was not in the earthquake. The wind blew. Everything happened. But God was not in the wind. You would think, wow. God would say, hello, Elijah, it is God speaking. No, it wasn't any of those. It was divine whisper. God came and said, hello, Elijah. I am here with you. It's not just you, Elijah. I am here, Elijah. I wish someone would hear God's whispering to them today. You can put your name there, not Elijah, but yourself. God is saying, I am with you. I've not finished with Christ church. I have wonderful things to happen. He's talking to your family. I'm not far away from you. That's the rhema of God's word. And God is saying, don't be disappointed because, you know, the momentary, you know, oh, that song, thank you, Ma. Lead me through the oceans. When the oceans rise, help me to look over all the turmoil and water and everything. Lord, help me to hear you speak. Remember when Jesus' disciples were in this boat that was being knocked up and down by the wind and boisterous, everything. And they were like, we are finished. And then who was coming on the water is Jesus. Hallelujah. In the midst of the storm, Jesus is there. Just look very well. You will see him. You will see him. Because when he is in charge, everything works according to his plan. There could be a disruption, but it's all about God's plan. Because the Bible says, all things work together for what? For good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And more or less, God was telling me, look over the waters. Look over the oceans. Look over the turmoil and see me at work. And here, God is saying to us, that word, the word of faith we proclaim. Now when God, the, the word of faith is not just any word. It's a word that is hooked to the word of God. The logos is important as much as the rhema. If you hold on the rhema without the logos, you're missing the point. Because a lot of people say we had a dream of God. And it's not in line with the word of God. It's not from God. If you say the Lord gave you a dream, a vision, and that vision, that dream, or that word is not in line with the word of God, it's not from God. So as much as the rhema is God's living word, it must align with the logos, the written word. And I like Romans. Romans is such a wonderful book. It's one of the best books of the New Testament. 
because it's the book that gives actually a kind of balance in theology from, you know, talking about our sins as humanity, even Israel's sins, the Gentile sins, to God sending his son and delivering us, to God preparing us for a new life. And there was that conflict, you know, uh, Paul would say, I want to do what is right. I'm seeing myself doing the wrong. And I'm saying, God, what is happening here? Praise God. But God is in the midst of the chaos because he's the one who says to the sea, be still. And God is saying to you this morning, be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. And that is just what God is saying to us this morning. The rhema. You know, I, I'm glad that Matt also reminded us the past couple of, you know, uh, Sundays when we're talking about David encountering Goliath. And this big giant, how do I bring this giant of a problem? How do I deal with it? And the giant was coming, oh, Israel, I will deal with you. Every day he was coming and roaring and threatening. It just took one little boy, David, to stand up and say, enough is enough. Hallelujah. There must always be a time when we say, enough is what? Enough. Satan, you've had your way, but right now, get out. Because the word of God must come through. We must obey God's voice, God's direction. And so David came out on the scene. And his brothers were angry, remember? And they were, you know, reprimanding him. Why are you here? We know you. That's what you always do. You always want to show yourself. But David was doing that because God had put in his heart this divine anger. So this thing cannot go on forever. No. It has to stop right now. If I perish, let me do what? Perish. He put himself in the line. Same thing that Esther did. When they came against the people of Israel, Esther was still hedging about, trying to, you know, be very nice. But God, through his uncle, said to him, look, if you don't do anything about this situation, God will surely do something through some other person. But you know what? If you think you're going to save yourself by, you know, hiding away from it, you are going to go in for it. And that's what made Esther to wake up. And he said, okay, you know what? Let's pray. Pray and fast. I'll pray and fast. And let's confront this situation. What happened? God showed up. Amen. And you know, in the book of Esther, if you've never noticed that, there's no mention of G-O-D, God. In the whole book from first verse to the last verse. Read it again. There was no place the name of God was mentioned. But was God there? God was there. In the midst of the chaos. God was showing up. God was, you know, in intervening. And then, again, because if she put herself forward and bit the bullet, God stepped in. So when the rhema of God's word is spoken, because you see, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, we have the sword of the spirit. You remember? That's the word of God. So when Jesus was confronting Satan, who came with all the things you know, to, to tempt Jesus with, all the trials, what did Jesus do? 
He called back the word of God into action. He said to Satan, it is written. That's why people of God, we need to get, you know, reading the word of God. When the Bible study is announced, don't just go and sit down. I know it all. That's pride. When we are doing a study, we want all the church to be a part of. Come on, be part of it. Don't just say, I've heard that before. No. Because there's something God wants to do at every given time. But when we come with that kind of, you know, I know it all. But I would say pride goes before what? A fall. And so the word of God, the realm our God is giving us, it could just be as the word of God is being read, the same word you have been reading before, just that moment, God lights up a word, just one word, or a phrase, or a verse. And that verse begins to speak to you. That is God's rhema, springing out of the Logos. If you have only the Logos, and you're reading it as history, as some people read the Bible as history, you, you, you are missing it. There's something intimate in God whispering to you. He's telling you something particular, something private, something personal. And God is coming to you because he loves you. And so the rhema of God's word is something that we must desire all the time. I think I've shared this some time ago, how in my younger days as a Christian, I kept hearing other, you know, Christian young people talk about God speaking to them. I got angry with God. God, why would you speak to A, B, C, D and you not speak to me? Is anything wrong with me? But you know what? It's my God said to me, well, you're not spending enough time with me. If you spend enough time with me, I will also speak to you. And I began to spend more time with God. The more time you spend with God, the more God will do what? Speak to you. He will open the word to come alive. Wow. You will say, I've been reading this chapter of the Bible, this book of the Bible all my life. I've never heard this said this way. It's always been there. But God has just brought it alive. That's the rhema of the word of God. And when we have received the rhema then, God says, go and proclaim it. Don't hold it to yourself. That's why God wants us to be evangelists, preachers, you know, inviting people to know the Lord. So here he says, go on. And if you have a situation where the enemy is trying to bring you down, you can go back to the devil just like um, David did. He said, you come against me with sword, with everything, everything, everything. We live in a time when the church is really being attacked from all fronts. They are coming against the church. The church has shut us down. But you know what? David said, I'm not taking that. I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the only weapon we have. The Lord Almighty, his word. And so you stand on the word of God and you begin to speak back and challenge the powers of darkness, the Lord will step in on your behalf. He will stand in that gap that you thought there was nobody because God is making sure that you are able to realize what it is that he wants you to see. So, the word of God in our mouth, as we see uh, Romans chapter 10, let's read again from 
verse 6 particularly. He says, but the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. No, he's, he's not just there far away. He is with you where you are. Don't begin to say, well, Lord, I can't see you. You don't have to see him physically, but he is there with you. So don't say, you know, who will go there? Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. He's already risen. He's no longer in the grave. Hallelujah. He's alive again. The stones were rolled away. He's alive again. He's no longer where he lay. He's alive again. I can hear the angels sing. Let the whole world rejoice. He's alive. He's alive. So don't say, who will go to the grave and bring him up for me, Lord? Where are you? He's there with you. But what does it say? Verse 8. The word is near you. And who is the word? Jesus. The word is near you. But that word is in your mouth and in your heart. What is in your heart? Don't leave it in your heart. Speak it out. Hallelujah. That's the rhema. When you begin to speak it out, it goes with life. The Bible says the word of God will not return to him. It will accomplish the purpose for which he has sent it. And who will send it? It's you and I. Hallelujah. Jesus is no longer here. It's you and I who will send forth the word. And when we see the situation, we say, this is the word of the Lord. And you begin to, you know, come by the power of the Most High. When sickness comes and you begin to say, you know, my life is hidden with Christ in God. You are Jehovah Jireh, my healer. He says he will take away all the sickness from me. You continue to pronounce the word of God. Don't give up until you see it happen. Somebody used the word PUSH, P-U-S-H. And you know what the acronym stands for? Pray until something happens. P-U-S-H. That's the same for another day. Pray until something happens. Don't just say, oh, I prayed yesterday, and that is it. No, you keep doing what? Praying. One of the incidents that Elijah had, he kept sending his servant, go and look out. Is the rain coming or not? I thought God said it's going to rain. His servant went and looked and said, man of God, there's no cloud, not even a single cloud. Talk about rain. And he went again. He kept going. But the last time he came back, I said, you know what? I can see a little cloud. It's just like the arm in a fist of somebody out there. He said, that's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Elijah was sensitive to listen to God. God's whisper was God showing him. That little cloud became this massive one that released the rain. People of God, we're in a time where we need the rhema of God to become active. But the last bit, you know, there's much more to say, but I just want to round it up here. Because there's a bit that says to us, let me read that bit now. Verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. Okay, I've read that bit. Um, 
That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Now, verse 9, that's the one. If you declare with your mouth, if you do what? Declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there is the belief in the heart, there is the declaration with the mouth. So put your mouth active, people of God, prayerfully. Let your mouth be working, not to say all the rubbish and gibberish and everything. No, let your word begin to say the word of God. That's what God wants to hear. It's not all the complaints. That's not what God wants to hear. What God wants to hear is his word being released. So if you do that, so you'll be saved. And that salvation begins from salvation from sin. If you never declare Jesus as Lord over your life, then there's a problem. This morning might be the day for you to say, Jesus, I make you the Lord over my life. Amen? Because that is when God will respond and come in and live in you and transform your life because you have declared him your Lord. So today, we can all declare Jesus the Lord of our life. Let the rhema be released in your heart today and in every situation you face. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I don't know what word God has put in your heart. Begin to declare the word of God. Begin to declare Jesus Christ. If nothing else, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ, you're Lord over my life. Jesus, you're Lord over my situation. Jesus, you're Lord over Christ church. Jesus, you're Lord over our families. Jesus, you're Lord over our community. Just begin to declare Jesus Christ as Lord. Anybody who declares it and believes it, you begin to see the actualization. You begin to see the release of the anointing of the Holy Spirit over that situation that looks impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. You begin to release the word of God this morning. Begin to speak into that situation. Begin to speak the peace of the Lord. Bible says the peace of the Lord that passes all understanding. We keep our heart and mind. In the midst of the turmoil, Lord, we speak your peace. In the midst of the trouble, we speak, O oh God, your peace. In the midst of the confusion, we speak your peace, O oh God. Have your way, Father. It's all about you, Lord, not about us. And this morning we pray by the anointing of your Holy Spirit, you will take over, O oh God, every aspect, every dimension. Whatever is happening in our mind, whatever is going on in our heart, we begin to speak the word of God back into there. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. May your name be exalted, ancient of days. That as we trust you, as Lord Almighty, we look up to you. We pray that you will whisper to us. Is there anyone here who has never heard God speak to them? Lord, I pray today will be the beginning of you speaking to your people. Of you bringing the word of life. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. And as Lord, we prepare to come to your table. You are the one who indeed releases your gift of life. May we share together in the bread and the wine to receive that blessing that you have prepared for us today. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.